Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Oh, wow. I am so excited and delighted to be here today. It is a tremendous honor because the person we have on today is a legend. And not only do we have him on, but we've got his daughter. So it's a twofer. We have a two legend, essentially. And so I'm very, very excited to um, introduce you to a way of living that will transform your life. Uh, It will truly transform your life. It may even save your life. So here we go. The one and only (laughs) Dr. Joel Furman. Dr. Furman, you are a New York Times bestselling author. You have transformed so many lives. You've saved so many lives. Um, tell us about the basic theme of all your books um, and your philosophy that if somebody's watching right now or listening who may not be in optimal health, who may feel sluggish, who may have uh, physical issues, overweight, diabetes, um, where they just don't feel they're living their optimal life because if you don't have health, really, it's all out the window. What is your philosophy? What would you tell them? Well, briefly, the most important components of the philosophy have to do with micronutrient density and micronutrient diversity. And and also, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't like to call it a philosophy because I have to say this is founded in science and I'm just interpreting the science that says, as ridiculous as this sounds, that a diet that's healthier and more micronutrient dense with more phytochemicals and antioxidants leads to a longer lifespan and more ability to reverse disease and heal than a diet of a lower nutritional quality. As stupid as that sounds, people want to think a diet that's less healthy is just as good as a diet that's healthier. And it's just not true. You get more lifespan enhancement and more protection against dementia and diseases of aging when you focus on eating a higher quality of micronutrients, which are vitamins and minerals and phytochemicals and antioxidants. And that means we have to rate food based on the nutritional quality. And when we do that, we find that green vegetables come out as the highest nutrient dense foods and most protective against cancer and heart disease and strokes and dementia, that we have to eat a lot of green vegetables because our body as a primate is dependent on the nutrient richness and concentration of green vegetables. And then, I have, there are other foods that have a high, um, you could say, a large amount of scientific support linked to their anti-cancer potential and longevity promoting potential. And those foods I've labeled so people um, remember to include them in their daily diet. And that's G-bombs, G-B-O-M-B-S, which includes green and green cruciferous vegetables, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds. So we want to diet with a high micronutrient per calorie density, and we also want to get a diversity of all those foods that humans depend on for that phytochemical symphony that we need. Now, 
for so many people, it's ironic. It's a tragic irony. But those are the very foods they don't want to eat because we live in a fast food world where uh, some devious minds have figured out that people are biologically pre-programmed to crave sugar, salt and fast. So if you pack a food like a fast food burger with cheese and uh, French fries and a dairy milkshake, uh, a package that is packed with sugar, salt, and fat, that you are going to basically get hooked on it. So the very things that make us healthy are the ones that our society has kind of uh, pushed us away from culturally. And the things that are really bad for us, uh, if I have, uh, if I'm looking for uh, where I'm going, I see all I see are fast food restaurants that pop up on my navigation system. So your newest, nearest fast food place is right here. That's selling the very kind of food that's killing us. Right. And, you know, one of my books is called Fast Food Genocide, one of my best-selling books. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing what you're saying is absolutely true. And a big part of my work is giving the physiology and biology behind food addiction and why these foods take over your brain so you can't even think logically. Not only do eating fast food and processed foods and low-nutrient foods make you sick, but they also make you angry, more likely to be dysthymic or depressed, more likely to inability to think logically. And then your addictive drives make you look for rationalizations and excuses why it's okay to live unhealthfully. You know, the more you're an addict, the more you can't make the right decisions for your life. And these foods, as you're saying, are scientifically designed by food scientists to make them addicting. And they affect the dopamine centers in the brain to make people want to crave these foods and, and make it difficult to make the change they need for great health. And of course, that's the, that's the underlying, um, how you should say, principles behind what I do is get people to love eating healthy foods, not just with the recipes, but retrain their taste buds and to remove food addictions and to teach them how to lose the, you know, remove the emotional overeatings, the cravings and the addictive eating so they can prefer to eat healthfully for the rest of their life. And I will say, I am not coming from up here. I'm a recovering alcoholic, 26 years sober. And if it's bad for me, I want it. So I've had to learn uh, some of the techniques that you teach. But I will say that I am still very hooked on anything sweet. I love sweets. And so I am so excited to learn about your daughter, Talia Furman's new book about how to make fabulous, luscious desserts that are also uh, good for you that are not going to cause health problems or have me go into sugar shock. Talia, congratulations on your new book. Tell us about, show it to us. I would, can't wait to order it. The link to ordering it is on the intro to this. Um, tell us all about your book. Absolutely. I'm just moving my computer here a little bit. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so this is my new book for anybody that's watching this versus listening. And it has been uh, a pure joy and passion project because just like my dad is so passionate about, I can see firsthand the smile he gets when he sees somebody getting their health back and how rewarding as uh, being his daughter and seeing that uh, I, I too have have 
cultivated a tremendous passion for living a healthy lifestyle and making it taste utterly delicious. And so this book, it's called Desserts to Live For right here, is a product of my years uh, journey of loving the culinary arts and wanting the healthier versions of desserts to taste just as incredible as the bad for you addictive toxic stuff. So this book is truly the first of its kind to have truly healthy desserts. These are fruit, totally fruit sweet and no, nothing bad for you loaded with superfoods. And the fact that my friends who are conventional eaters, um, used to eating the crap, love the desserts in this book is so satisfying to me. Um, so I, 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 I can't wait to make it. I can't wait to make some of your desserts. We've got a question, Sarah, your question or thought for Joel Furman and or Talia Furman. Hi, I love what you just said about your healthy dessert and that you can have all of everything that you want healthy. And I was listening to a morning show this morning and I heard this woman say something and she had this quote and I'm now going to apply it to vegan and I wanted to see what you thought about this. She said about, it's one thing to have knowledge about something, but it's the other thing to actually acknowledge it and that's when you actually take the action. So you actually just took the action by making the cookbook because you already knew all this information, but then you actually Yes, that's oh, And like I said, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, I think she's making a great point. It's one thing to have all this knowledge in your head, and so many people do, but both of you have put it out there to the public. So I was looking through some of your mouthwatering desserts, Talia, uh, the brownies, the, um, give us, put it right there. Yeah, I want to see this. this and is, I'm gonna, This is not yeah. a this is uh, triple layer fudge bars with a cashew fudge, a chocolate fudge, uh, and an almond fudge, like three layers. This is, and it looks, I had so much fun making them look gorgeous. Uh, we have goji berry blondies here um, with the chocolate. And how do you do this while it's healthy? Tell me. Oh my gosh, that's, that's the beauty of learning about nutritional science and having that be my background. Like I studied, um, I have my degree in nutritional sciences from Cornell University too. And so I, I understand that, okay, how do I make these recipes sweet and taste like they contain sugar without sugar? So the solution for me was, was to what whole fruit is, is the way to go. So I found that like, for instance, medjool dates uh, are fantastic uh, refined sugar replacement. For eggs, I use ground flax seeds or chia seeds. Obviously non-dairy milk is an easy dairy substitute. So it's kind of stuff like that. Like I do coconut cream icings instead of a, a you know, dairy cream icing uh, and using, my dad loves to talk about uh, ground vanilla bean versus vanilla extract and how much richer that vanilla flavor tastes. So little, little replacements such as that. And then you take the final product of a, a cupcake or a piece of cake from the cookbook versus what you buy at like Starbucks, for instance. And I find that mine tastes better than what you buy at Starbucks because it's fresher. You can, there's something about natural, healthy food when you're used to eating it. And, and even for people that are not used to it um, and trying it, that it's just this rich, 
beautiful flavor on the taste buds. And so I, uh, I, yeah, as I said, my friends who are conventional eaters have tried these desserts and love them. Um, it's really hard to, uh, to not love to eat when, you know, food that tastes as delicious as these desserts. The trick is though, to have people understand that it's not hard to make them yourself. So my photos are beautiful. It's obviously something I've been doing for a long time, but it's uh, it's not hard to just go in the kitchen and open up a page of the recipe, follow the directions. And uh, it's kind of like as simple as two plus two equals four uh, in terms of following directions. I'm trying to say that it's pretty easy to learn how to do it yourself too. I wanted to make recipes that just the average Joe could, could make and love. And show us the title because we haven't seen the title yet. Absolutely. It's kind of shiny uh, in, on my computer, but there you have it. Desserts to live for. Desserts to live for. I love it. Vegan, plant-based, and fruit sweetened. So I, I see what you're talking about. I've noticed that um, I got date syrup, which is basically dates uh, that are just whipped up into a syrup. And that is very sweet and it doesn't have an aftertaste. Um, I think that you need to open up a store. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. Uh, I am looking for these all over the place. And it's so hard to find desserts that are good for you, you know, that have your the criteria that you've set forth. Um, because there are a lot of vegan desserts, but sometimes they use regular sugar. So and no oil. There's no oil in them either. Oh, you're I didn't mention that. That is correct. It is an oil-free cookbook. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And so, yes, I, I can't wait to taste. I can't wait to get your book, but also to taste these done well. But I would love to experiment. You've inspired me uh, because the closest I've ever gotten to doing cookies was literally taking some oatmeal uh, and uh, putting them together. <laughs> With, uh, yeah, some, you do need, yeah. I would recommend a good food processor. That's been everything yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have a Cuisinart and that just, you know, it's how I do it. And, you know, once, once you start doing it, you can't really stop. I listen to music. Um, if I like upbeat music, if that's what I'm in the mood for while I'm baking, I'll put on a podcast if that's what I'm in the mood for or movie night. It's perfect when you're at home with your kids, if you're a mother, um, with your friends, if you're, um, if that's how you want to bake or by yourself, you know, it, it can be social, it can be independent. Um, and it's just, it's so relaxing to me. It's, it's a bit of a lifestyle. And, and I love that. I love it. I can't wait to jump in on that because, uh, I don't have that many, uh, what I would call hobbies, but what a great hobby that would be because it's a healthful hobby. Getting back to your dad, Dr. Joel Furman. Um, wow, you must be so proud, first of all. And secondly, tell us a little bit about your retreat in San Diego where people, if they are struggling and they feel like reading a book is not going to do it, they need uh, hands-on instruction and guidance. Tell us about that. Right. You know, most people just read a book or they come to my website and they get more help and communications and forums and things. But some people, because we were distressing our, their food addiction is so severe that they yo-yo their weight or they stay overweight. They know about eating healthfully. They just can't maintain it or do it. And coming away for one to three months, and we encourage two to three month stays because we treat this like a, like a real addiction. 
And we, we retrain people's taste buds. We retrain their outlook of life. We feed them healthy. We had a man, that, for example, who came here a few months ago who could hardly walk when he got here. And he stayed here three months. He lost 100 pounds, but he's running now. He's running the hills. He could hardly even walk the one block when he got here. But the point is, is that people not just... They don't just rejuvenate and reclaim their health and get well, but they have the skills now to go home and to continue to enjoy eating this way and incorporating in their life. They have their whole, and their whole way of outlook of thinking about life often changes. So, you know, you can go to a doctor and go to an hour visit or even spend a week, but most people don't get as much benefit as really spending a few months under my care. And, and we have great chefs and, and just a fantastic opportunity with my food addiction counselors and to intercede and change a person's life to make, and for good to make sure we don't have recidivism. And we have the link. Just go to your website um, and you can just get involved in all of this. There's no need to be miserable. There's no need to feel like you're a victim. You have the ability to change. Uh, just do it. All right. We've got another caller. Paige, your question or thought for the Furmans. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. And it's been so much fun having Talia on Lunch Break Live with our cooking show, our daily cooking show. And Talia, I've been meaning to ask you, what would you say to the youth viewers and their parents who are watching or listening to this in regards to eating for the climate, eating for our planet? Um, you know, as we move forward with our climate crisis solutions uh, and being a solutionary yourself with this amazing book, what, would, what are your, you know, maybe top three things that you would say to folks, uh, parents, as well as their children, you know, who are moving to this plant-centric uh, diet and becoming vegan? That's an absolutely phenomenal question, and I'm so glad you asked, and that's, that's a whole, con many conversations long. I, I, would, I would say to begin with, just as the subject of nutrition is, is absolutely fascinating, and um, once you start learning about it, it's hard not to become passionate about it and want to take actions to protect your health. And the same goes for the climate. Uh, learning about climate change is, is tough. You know, we're facing uh, an, an understatement to say that it's a tremendous problem um, if, unless we take action now to, to actively with your people close to you, uh, mothers, daughters, or sons, um, to learn about it together, to read about it and say, how do we feel hopeful? How do we take action and have a healthy mind about climate change um, while understanding the gravity of the issue? And a book like this, knowing that you could eat vegan healthily um, or mostly vegan even um, and, and, and reduce your global footprint um, drastically uh, is, is incredibly rewarding and powerful. And it, it even cultivates ment better mental health when you are learning and taking action and taking this on as a, a passion. I, I found for me that it cultivates greater self-esteem and reward and purpose in my life. And, um, and to continue to, to be mindful, you know, I'm mindful about my health climate change and, and everything that's important to me um, and keep having discussions while eating delicious food. Um, I'm not sure if that answered your question completely, but um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that when we talk about together and understand as we're learning about it, how important it is to care. I think that it just kind of becomes a, a lifestyle. I right. love it. 
Uh, we're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. So let's take it. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel you are listening to jane unchained to reach the show today call in to 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 you may also send an email in to jane unchained news at gmail.com now back to the show i am so honored and really delighted and privileged to be talking to two of my heroes, Dr. Joel Furman and his amazing daughter, Talia Furman. They are both very busy people churning out books, bestsellers. Uh, Talia has a new, totally healthy, vegan, plant-based, oil-free dessert book called Desserts to Live For, which I can't wait to get because I am going to start baking because now I can do it without the processed sugar, uh, which is something I really go out of my way to avoid. Not always. I'm not, it's not like I am with alcohol where I have not had a drop of it in 26 years, but I do go out of my way to avoid it and would love to be able to start learning to make healthy desserts that are not going to trigger me with sugar. So I cannot wait to get that book. And um, you were saying something, Dr. Furman, that I think bears repeating, and that is we're in the midst of a climate crisis. And even though um, you have, for example, 18 celebrities, including Joaquin Phoenix and Moby and others, signing a letter asking the head of COP26, which is the upcoming Glasgow Environmental Conference uh, on Climate Crisis, to... uh, discuss the impact of the meat and dairy industry on climate because it is one of the biggest. There is uh, this 
institutional denial and the media doesn't talk about it because the media is advertiser based and what's advertising meat dairy and pharmaceuticals the three industries that would collapse if people switch to a healthy diet uh so um this is not getting out there kate winslet who's a famous movie star just did a, a documentary called eating our way to extinction and I thought, well, yeah, that's going to break through. No, it did not get the kind of coverage it deserved. No. Even though they had a very big premiere with a bunch of celebrities, there is a refusal to cover this. And so people have to think for themselves. What would you say about that, Dr. Furman? Right. And, and the shame is it's not it's politically unfavorable. So there's no politicians will take it up because they're because of the the, um, the public at large is so meat addicted. So we're talking about meat, fowl, dairy, and fish that all contributing a huge amount to the climate crisis. And we're probably not going to solve this climate crisis unless the world radically changes their food consumption. It's a big fight. We're going to we're in a big um, media um, war here to try to get coverage of the fact that the animal industry is destroying our environment and, and a major factor contributing to global warming. We can't solve it just with a reduction of petroleum-based fuels. We have to change the way people eat because the footprints of those foods are destroying the rainforests, putting black soot in the air, and removing the carbon dioxide, you know, and, and completely removing the possibility of the earth to, for earth to support so many people. And, you know, even if the population of the earth is reduced, we still are going to have many people starving and, and being without food and water in the next two decades. You know, we're already seeing people have increased amount of people starving right now, but fresh water and getting optimal food for the humans that are alive is gonna be tremendously tragic. And obviously it's going to, you know, it's always sad to see the suffering of human lives and more disease and more um, potential human death. We want the people that are living to have a good life, you know, and that's people all over the world. If you're alive, you deserve to have a good life and we want to make it make that and we have to work together all over the world people are going to have to get work together to accomplish this let me ask you about my theory uh because i've been reading a lot about this and i have a theory about how uh it's going to end in terms of consumption of animals and that is we're already seeing sacramento b published a story of a dairy farmer who had to quote liquidate her cows because it was too expensive to feed them and uh we're seeing already in the united states crop failure due to the heat uh there's numerous reports about this and obviously california is in a drought and some other areas are in a, are in a drought so we're eight billion humans on this planet and we are raising and killing 80 billion land animals every year who are eating a huge percentage of the food, like more than 75% of the soy, huge amount of the commodity crops like corn, wheat, and consuming a huge amount of the water. So won't it come to a point where we have to choose it since there's a limited supply of water and uh, food given um, crop failures, we'd have to choose between feeding ourselves or feeding animals. Yes, that's true, but there'll be a lot of needless human death and human suffering before that happens. And to avoid the amount of 
um, tremendous amount of carnage and starvation and infection and all these things that are going to happen as humans become malnourished in parts of the world that already have, are not getting good, adequate food are going to go with the, the most vulnerable. We're going to be expanding. You'll have more people suffering in, with starvation. Um, so it's just, it's just sad to have to see more people suffer as maybe eventually the earth can support a smaller number of people and the farming will change, but, but that's going to have a tremendous um, human toll of human suffering to achieve that. And we could, if we work together as a team across the world, if people weren't so in competition with each other, if they could work collectively with peace and care and love and, 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 and well-being for the planet, and for helping each other, we could change things around and not see so much of a large loss of human life that's probably going to occur in the next, you know, next 50 years. So, Talia, you represent the younger generation, the millennials. Do you see uh, a different attitude amongst the millennials because they don't watch television as much? I mean, if they do, they're watching a Netflix or Amazon Prime where it's direct. It's not advertiser based. They're not sitting there watching the old fashioned television with the commercials in between, um, they are perhaps getting a little less conditioning about meat uh, and dairy, uh, which we know that advertisers subliminally equate with all sorts of things that it has nothing to do with, like patriotism, family values, upward mobility. For men, uh, meat, masculinity for women, uh, femininity with dairy products. They they have ways, uh, very sophisticated ways of of associating all of this stuff with the consumption of these foods. So uh, whereas the younger generation is not as um, overwhelmed by this constant conditioning and brainwashing, uh, do you see that there's um, a movement that's rising amongst the younger generations that is rejecting meat and dairy? Absolutely. Younger people, I've at least personally seen are far more likely to take on climate change uh, and for what it actually is and the monumental nature of having to, or we, we need to take action. And I think, yes, younger people uh, are seeking out the resources to educate themselves, taking actions to make the changes and, and have these discussions, even though it's a scary topic and we're, my friends and I, we're not afraid to get uncomfortable uh, in terms of recognizing um, that we ourselves are responsible moving forward. And, and this will in, in affect our kids. Um, if we, we have the conversation of, do we even want to have children uh, under these circumstances of this new world that's likely to have so much tragedy in it? Uh, we're certainly creatures of habit in the older generation. Uh, I, it's, it's harder to change any opinion when you're an older person. Um, we tend to, you know, reinforce our existing opinions. It's like, you know, a lot of it's psychology, um, this issue as well as any other issue for older people. And, and so it's just on average, but, but yeah, I, it's much more likely for younger people to care. And I, I'm in my thirties, but my, my younger brother is in college right now and they, they learn about climate change in school, whereas I didn't have that. Um, so it's becoming more talked about and it's going to be more talked about, um, hopefully before it's uh, too late. Um, well, they're you know, talking about it, but they're not talking about the impact of animal agriculture which is a huge, huge aspect. I mean, the UN itself said 
that in uh, way back in 2006 in livestock's long shadow that livestock causes more greenhouse gas emissions than all transportation combined. But it's not discussed. It's not discussed by the news media. I mean, even the pandemic, obviously, it's caused one way or another by our abuse of animals. Uh, If you believe that, um, which I think deductive reasoning says the likelihood is that it was from a um, wet slaughter market, uh, which is where animals are killed. Okay, and there was a mix of wild animals and domestic animals and blood and guts, or it came from a lab where they were experimenting on bats. One way or another, it has to do with our toxic relationship with the natural world. And um, the animal agriculture is not just a leading cause of climate change, but uh, habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, and uh, ocean dead zones, water pollution. I mean, the amount of manure, uh, we just did a story recently in Iowa, the state of Iowa, which is a big, obviously one of the biggest farming states, uh, they are sick of it. They they can't deal with it because their creeks uh, that they play in and they visit are getting so polluted with the manure that even the people who are in the industry say, no, we can't have any more of this. Uh, people don't even think about the manure from these animals. So um, what what's the solution, Dr. Furman? I mean, you're in the thick of it. Yeah, you know, the, um, I think that what we're seeing here is we're talking about we're faced with the death, the people are faced with the immediate death of COVID because they're eating unhealthfully and they're overweight. And then nobody's talking, they're only talking about, they won't talk about changing their diet and getting unhealthy and eating healthy to try to save their lives. And nobody cares about eating healthy to save the planet. You know, so we're talking, so we're saying that I think that the unhealthy nature The fact that the American diet is 60% processed foods and fast foods and 30% animal products, that that it affects people's ability to think logically and to behave in in their own behalf and have compassion for others. It makes them almost an an addictive, closed-minded thinker. So I think unless we, we have to improve the health of the population simultaneously, educate them about health, about nutrition, and about climate change and animal agriculture simultaneously. And this has to happen in grade schools, like Talia said, in colleges and high schools and grade schools, because we're, if we can get the, because the biggest opportunity to change the adults and who are in, in power is to have a larger force of young people um, and, and educators, um, you know, insisting on this and influencing their elders when that they're in communication with. So we have to infiltrate the school systems and have this taught in the schools and the medical schools and the colleges and the graduate schools and the elementary schools. It should be reading, writing, arithmetic and nutritional science and climate science. Reading, writing, arithmetic, nutritional science and climate science. It should be caught in all the, it should be part of our educational system around the world if we're going to work together to save the planet and save ourselves. All right, let's get back to the food issue because um, you can, let's say, technically eat a vegan diet, but if you're just eating, for example, sugar filled cakes that were made vegan, that's not exactly healthy. What are some of the nutrients that you're suggesting people get and how can they get them? Obviously, for example, I'm eating a lot of vegetables. I had a cabbage soup yesterday. I'm making steamed cabbage and steamed corn for lunch. And uh, so I definitely work very hard to get my vegetables in. Um, Kale, I have kale in my refrigerator. You know, I incorporate it into everything. 
but you talked about a lot of nutrients. Are there any shortcuts? Are there any powders and uh, ad- additions or specific vegetables that you absolutely need to get into your diet that maybe people are overlooking, Dr. Furman? Yes, scallions would be an example because onions have such powerful anti-cancer effect and mushrooms, not just eat one type of mushroom, but eat a variety of mushrooms in your diet. We use shiitake mushrooms in in recipes. We mix it with another type of mushroom. So you have multiple mushroom species. Mushrooms have the highest amount of ergothionine and there are ergothionine receptors on most cells in your body that are, and and mushrooms are, are integrated into our immune system to protection against cancer and viruses. So we're talking here scallions and onions and greens are important and people aren't eating, you know, putting scallion on their salad and eating them raw. And are you eating a salad every day with some raw cruciferous on it and chewing it to a liquid in your mouth to liberate all the ITCs because the myrosinase- ent- I'm sorry. Can you say that in basic people terms? Because I lost you there. <laughs> I'm saying that there's an enzyme in the cell wall of green vegetables. And that enzyme is heat sensitive. So you get it mostly when you're eating a salad of raw vegetables and you form the beneficial compounds in your mouth to the degree that you chew the vegetable well and break open the cell because the ITCs with the powerful anti-cancer effect, those are isothiocyanides, are formed in the mouth as you chew. And the better you chew your salad, the more that are formed. So it's not only putting kale or bok choy or arugula and scallion and red onion on your salad, but it's also chewing it really well. And these are critical things to extend human lifespan. And even Talia's desserts, they're not as sweet as regular desserts, but we don't like the intense sweetness of regular desserts and candy and cakes. They're too sweet. And you can't even taste the subtle flavors uh, that that dance on your tongue. When you're a nutritarian, your taste buds get stronger and you enjoy the dessert more because it's not as sweet. It has more other flavors that you're sensing. And you have the emotional and intellectual feeling in your brain that you're doing something that's not harmful, that's good for you, not bad for you. And you don't have to eat a thimble-sized portion either. And, they, and they're, they're portioned out, so you're only getting about one date per por- serving size. So we're not pouring on calories or pouring on sugar. We're not overdoing even natural sugars. They're measured out in the context of a healthy diet. So you're doing things in proportion and you're eating a diet that contains vegetables and onions and mushrooms and some fruit and maybe some fruit sweetened desserts or dried fruit sweetened desserts in in moderation that are not so sickeningly sweet, but make you really feel good about eating something healthfully. Well, you're right. Sometimes I'll have a dessert and I literally start shaking because it's so sugar packed that it it just has a... Uh, reaction. And so to make your taste buds uh, more sensitive, uh, that takes a little bit of time. What I say is that it takes time to return your taste buds to their factory settings. Now, for example, when I went vegan, um, I I wish I had my exact date, like I had my exact sobriety date. Okay. But it was shortly after that, that um, a former cattle rancher turned vegan sanctuary uh, turned uh, animal activist, vegan activist named Howard Lyman came in. I, he had been on Oprah. He created a big stir um, and uh, he was sort of famous for 15 minutes. And I interviewed him and he had revealed all the secrets of the cattle industry, which he used to be in. And uh, afterwards, he walked up to my cubicle and he said, I hear you're a vegetarian. I said, yes. He said, do you eat dairy? 
And I kind of hung my head and he pointed his finger right at my nose and he said, liquid meat. And that's when I went vegan, just like that. And um, about a month later, and mind you, I used to love cheese. Cheese was my thing. Mm. About a month later, I was having a salad and somebody tossed some cheese on it uh, in the restaurant. And I took a bite and I spat it out. My taste buds had changed in that month. So for people who are like, well, I want the next day to completely adjust to this, you've got to give it about 28 days. Because sometimes people say to me, oh, that plant-based milk or that plant-based milk I don't like. I said, you're conditioned to like this milk over here. Give it a couple of weeks. You'll like it. Or find the one that you that, that best suits you and give it a couple of weeks. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Talia? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would say don't give up because the even beyond a month of, of transitioning to uh, a, like vegan, vegan, plant-based, nutritarian lifestyle, you will start to love it more and more as, as time goes on. We are such creatures of habit. And in the beginning, you have to think about it more because you're used to grabbing the, the dairy, putting the cheese on your salad and all of that. So it is hands down, as you just stated, harder in the beginning, um, especially those cu first couple weeks. But I would say just for anybody starting anything new in life, whether it's training for, you know, in a sport or learning a learning a language, it's going to be because um, it's a foreign concept. Initially, it's more difficult those first couple weeks to a month. And so just hack it out because not not only, uh, I think, to remind yourself that the reason why you're doing it and have that your prefrontal cortex that, you know, the most intelligent part of your brain reminding you that you might have to have some discipline um, in the beginning, but it's for what what is more important than your own health. And then we are talking about climate change, the health of the planet and having a, um, a planet that ha can produce beautiful food for future generations. Um you know, and, and so there's so many reasons to stick to this plan. Um, and just to remind yourself that when the going gets tough. And uh, I, I like that that man said dairy is like liquid meat. That's going to stick with me. I think sticking with, with helpful reminders that, okay, well, what goes on at factory farms? You know, maybe if you're having difficulty, um, find a good support system. You know, find people that eat this way that you can go out um to, to a vegan restaurant with or, or cook at home or, you know, talk about, you know, I think, I think having a support system goes such a long way too, but, but find what works for you. So you stick with it because um, there's truly nothing more important than, than these messages. Yes. Community. Uh, do you provide that Dr. Furman and tell us your website if people want to get involved and make this transition, where do they go? And do you provide community? Because I do feel community is so important and you can get community online too. Anywhere you live, there are vegan groups. There are uh, groups where you can gather and you can start one if you don't have one in your neighborhood. And obviously we live in a global village right now. Uh, particularly uh, now, uh, where most of my communication is happening on my computer, uh, so uh, yes. you can have you can have community. Dr. Yeah, so that's that's part of the my job is we set up the forums and we have a whole the Dr. Furman website has a whole back end where people talk to each other and communicate with me and even have meetup groups and you know and we have thousands of recipes. But but you know let me just say I've worked with. 
you know, thousands of food addicts and people who wouldn't even think they would consider eating this way. And some people are forced to come to my retreat by their parents or by their relatives. They don't even want to eat this way. But it takes a few months, not even one month. They don't, they start enjoying the food in the third month, we're saying the most. And even in the end of the first month, they're not necessarily have their full taste buds changed yet. So it does take time. I'm saying it may take a little longer for some people, but the combination of learning the recipes, reproducing the ones they like, and training in the gym of the kitchen. In other words, the training means you eat the foods that you, as you keep eating the recipes and eating them, whether you like them or love them so much, you keep eating the right foods, you keep trying different recipes, you reduce the sugar and salt exposure and the spice exposure and the oil exposure, the grease the heavily spiced foods, the heavily salted foods, the heavily sugar foods, it all deadens the taste buds. And we get people where, the food, where they're literally um, have so much more taste sensitivity by the time that they're getting healthy. So they're losing weight, their blood pressure is dropping, and their ability to think more clearly and to be happy and to look for pleasure in the world around them and to enjoy eating food more. And it all takes place simultaneously, you know, as you start to live this well, way. Let me talk to you about that, too, because uh, there is a connection between eating healthy and being happy. Right. And uh, so many people are suffering from depression and in fact, a woman who was suffering from depression called me and asked for help. And I made that suggestion. I said, start eating healthy, start eating fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, and legumes. Because, uh, and I'm no expert in this, but what I've heard from experts is that your gut biome determines your serotonin levels. Your serotonin levels determine your internal happiness level. And so if you're eating healthy and you're eating uh, these nutrient-packed foods, it does increase your serotonin levels, but you're the expert, Dr. Furman. Spell it out. It's, yes, it's, it's, more, it's even more complicated than that because sugar directly damages brain cells and even, even interferes with the, the neuroplasticity of the brain. We used to have one in 500 Americans used to be mentally ill. Now it's one in five. But there's a direct relation between the consumption of commercial baked goods and sugar and mental illness in a dose-dependent manner. And what I'm saying right now is white flour croissants and bagels and pizza and hamburger buns are the same as sugar. There's no biological difference between a white flour product and just sucking down a marshmallow or eating sugar, a teaspoon of sugar in your mouth. It floods the body with glucose. They're highly refined, high glycemic carbohydrates. And these things damage the brain, lower your intelligence, make you more, make you depressed and make you into an addict with different, with bizarre types of behaviors and habits. So we're talking about white flour, honey, maple syrup, sugar, and all concentrated calories, including oils, because they flood the body with a huge amount of calories at one time. And the spike in calories in the bloodstream stimulate dopamine receptors in the brain. A lot of things are going on simultaneously. It's never one hormone or another. It's a lot of things. The body's so complicated, but it makes you crave food and crave more concentrated calories and increasing your desire from, for wanting to overeat and become overweight because you're consuming these excess, these fast absorbed calories. We call it fast food because they're absorbed into your bloodstream so quickly. All right. So now I want to ask you sort of a challenging question, because these are things that I um, encounter as I try to eat ever more healthy, <laughs> ever healthier. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is sauces. Uh, so you make a vegetable um, and it's beautiful and it's healthy, but 
we do, we have become accustomed to put sauces on things. Are there sauces you recommend? Would it be a tahini dressing, a hummus, a what? So that it has a little something going on there. Absolutely. We have hundreds of incredible sauces. I even sell some sauces on my website. We have a oh, Thai really? curry sauce. Yeah, we, we want to make it easy for people. So there's no excuses. But the trick what is your, make, What's your website? Tell, tell, tell it again. DrFurman.com. D-R-F-U-H-R-M-A-N. And of course, Talia's book is available there. And my book's a good starting book for a person wanting to get into nutritarian living is my latest book. Um, Eat for Life would be a good starting book. But we have a challenge going on right now on the front page of drfirman.com where we send people out recipes and, and, and little tips to change their, to make change their diet and tweak it each day to move it more in the anti-cancer longevity promoting potential because we want people to make permanent changes so when they're losing weight, they keep it off forever and they're, and they're getting actually younger, not older. We, you know, we're saying that this sounds so ridiculous. A person could say, how ridiculous? How do you get younger? We measure it all the time. We're measuring people's telomeres, their epigenetic changes, their metabolic rate of aging process. And we see their, their telomeres get, start to heal. They actually become biologically younger when they start consuming all these great nutrients. So, yeah, the, um, so what I was saying was that we're making food taste great. And your idea of bringing up sauces was hitting it right on the head. You have to make things taste great. So like we're making a Thai curry sauce that has real lemongrass in there, not lemongrass, you know, flavoring, but a real piece of lemongrass with a little coconut and curry and turmeric and a date and a little bit of peanut butter and hemp seeds. And most of our sauces don't use oil. They use nuts and seeds to get the creamy effect or an avocado or tahini, like you said, but we use a, but so we're using whole nuts and seeds because when you use the whole nut and seed in place of oil, the calories absorb very slowly, one or two calories a minute, and the body preferentially burns it for energy instead of storing it as fat. When you consume an oil-based sauce, the calories absorb so rapidly that the body has to store it as fat. They can't burn it for energy. And it increases the apostat instead of turning it, tuning, turning it down. So our sauces are healthy. You can eat it with a spoon, and we advocate that you have raw vegetables with a dip, like a hummus dip or a eggplant or, or so a you're salt. saying raw vegetables are so much better than cooked vegetables because see, I like cooked vegetables. No, you should have both. Yeah. You have to have, so it should be the, the healthiest is not to just have raw, not an oil raw, but have both to have a salad every day for sure. And we start dinner with some crudités, with some raw vegetables, raw peppers, raw bok choy with a dip. But we also have a delicious cooked vegetable dish with a delicious sauce. You know, then that sometimes sounds like a lot of food. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the dichotomy there is that some people associate this lifestyle with deprivation. But in fact, you have more food that you can eat. It's not about because the kinds of foods that they have been eating are so calorie dense, like the average yes. fast food meal is more than your daily requirement of calories. Just one fast food meal. And because it's addictive, people have a tendency to eat it either every day or come back even twice. Uh, we've all seen that story of the fast food addict who's proud of their fast food addiction. But you're saying that as opposed to it being a restrictive diet, uh, you know, where you have to count every calorie that you could actually have more of a, 
an abundance of food, not that one should overeat for any reason, but can you elaborate a little bit? Because what you just said sounded like a lot of food, like a salad and a big and crudités and a dinner with vegetables. Well, you know, I usually have my salad and a bowl of vegetable bean soup and some fruit for lunch. I don't have enough space in my stomach to have the salad, the crudite, the cooked vegetable, the soup, the dessert all for dinner. I usually have two types of cooked vegetables for dinner. I usually have a big salad with my lunch, but it's a nine inch salad bowl. It's a big salad. And then for dinner, I have maybe some raw vegetables with a dip, with a delicious dip. And then I go on to have a cooked vegetable meal, usually two types of vegetables, you know, maybe, um, you know, corn on the cob, maybe edamame linguine over, maybe have the Thai curry sauce, maybe have a walked, you know, Chinese dish or some kind of, um, you know, snow pea pods, water chestnuts, bamboo shoots, some, you know, Chinese cabbage, different types of mushrooms with a delicious sauce in there, maybe an Italian flavored sauce, maybe something we have a, you know, pistachio crusted tempeh with a, with a um, with cashew cream kale, with a tomato sauce, with scallions on top. And then I still have a little dessert, which could just be frozen cherries, or it could be a frozen fruit, like a frozen jackfruit, frozen cherries, or frozen peaches I took out of the freezer before I started the meal. Or it could be on the weekends when I have time and we have one of more Talia's delicious desserts or, or, a, or a whipped ice cream or something made out of frozen banana, vanilla bean powder, and some macadamia nuts that we whip together to make a delicious ice cream. Okay. So yes, we're eating more food because the food we're eating till we're satisfied and we're not, we, and we don't have to eat thimble-sized portions of food anymore because the food is, is not so calorically rich. And so in terms of this vanilla, I, this is a new one for me. So you're saying vanilla powder is better than vanilla liquid? Yes. We don't want to use vanilla flavoring or vanilla extract. We want to use real vanilla bean powder, real ground vanilla beans, because it has anti-cancer longevity promoting effects, the vanillin. You don't get that in the, in the fake vanilla flavoring. So the secret ingredient here is real ground vanilla beans. It's not, it's not. Um, Where would you even get them though? I'm just curious. You have to get it on the internet. And we have them at drfirman.com because obviously okay. if people using our recipes, we make this a lot easier for people to, to um, procure what they need to make some of the recipes too. But yeah, that's the secret ingredient is to use. So remember we're saying here that, um, that instead of using one of the main changes in a nutritarian diet, instead of pouring oil on our food, we're getting our fat from nuts and seeds like hemp seeds and flax seeds and almonds and walnuts. We're making sauces and dress salad dressings. One of my favorite dressings is just a peeled navel orange with some cashews, toasted sesame seeds, lightly toasted with blood orange vinegar and a squeeze of lemon whipped into an orange dressing with, you know, and you make a great salad for, with that. And there's all types of, so dressings and sauces, as you said, Jane, make a complete difference in making this really taste gourmet. Wow. I am so excited to check out some of your sauces. I will do that as soon as we're done. This has been so exciting. Uh, you guys are really changing the world. Talia, let's give your last 30 seconds. Tell us about that book again so we can get everybody to buy it. I can't wait to get it. And it's found on drfirman.com. So where you find my father's books, which he has most incredible books. Uh, you will also find my book as well. Um, so Desserts to Live For is what it's called. And you will find 96 amazing, diverse dessert, healthy dessert recipes in the book. Um, there's cake, there's a cakes chapter, there's a muffin and bread chapter. I'm just showing a few pictures. 
smoothie. Those photos are amazing, by the way. They're like, inc- the photos alone are just worth the book. I, it's like incredible photos. Yeah, like a, this is a healthy tiramisu recipe that I had so much fun mastering the recipe for that one. Yeah. So for any type of dessert you can imagine, it's in this book. You know, there's, it's a, uh, and it's a beautiful coffee table book. I, I had a lot of fun designing Look it. Look at that. Me. Wow. And Dr. Furman, your final, we got about 20 seconds. Well, my final message is um, thanks for the great work you're doing, Jane, spreading this message. And, you know, there's no point in people being sick and overweight because right now nutritional science has the ability to get rid of their addictions, stop the yo-yo dieting, get back their health and off their medications. And remember that wherever you are now, you can get healthier and, have a, and make your life so much better. So my, mes- my message is get, let's jump in with both feet. Don't dabble in mediocrity. Get into nutritional excellence because the rewards are just fantastic. All right. And visit drfurman.com, right? That's right. Drfurman.com or just Google Joel Furman and that website will come right up. All right. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Thank you.